how do I sever or cut tax residency with Canada when I move abroad, when I move to a new country? So how do you do that, uh, Rosalind? Okay, with great difficulty, since Canada has gone into great debt. Uh, and um, so they're trying to keep everybody as paying taxes in Canada. So you have to really construct this. The, the first issue are significant residential ties with Canada. The first thing they look at. Uh, that would be owning a home in Canada. Um, you Just as an aside, if you do own a home in Canada, they don't force you to sell it. You can rent it. The main thing is not to have unlimited access to, to the home. So you can rent it. You should have a, a, a long-term lease that you can show them if they come to look. And uh, you would put on, you know, when you're um, t telling them, when you're describing your um, your significant, your lack of significant residential ties with Canada, you would bring that out if you have a lease. Um, you would, uh, uh, another thing would be if you leave any dependents in Canada, spouse or common law, common law or, or regular spouse, children, uh, de dependent children, or dependent elderly parents or anybody that's dependent on you. Those, um, those two items, um, owning your own home and dependents are that, that if you, checked any of these boxes, they would likely consider you to still be um, a fat, what they call a factual resident, even if you left, even if you were away more than, a, uh, if you were away from Canada more than 183 days or more than half a year, this would still be enough to make you a factual resident and taxed as a Canadian uh, resident. In Canada, we are taxed on residency, where, whereas you have countries like the US where you're taxed on citizenship. Canada doesn't care about citizenship, they care about residency. Um, then if, if, you, if you do not tick any of those boxes, you can still get pulled in because they, they look at second, what they call secondary residential ties. And there's a whole long list. Things like if you leave personal property in Canada, a car, furniture, clothing, jewelry, you know, anything really valuable, If you maintain a mailing address in Canada, if you have social ties in Canada, like uh, memberships, recreational memberships, or religious memberships, um, you're pulled in. If you even adult non-dependent children are a factor, although not like the dependent children. Another issue is um, economic ties to Canada, things like Canadian bank accounts, credit cards, retirement accounts. Even though you're allowed to, you, you can be a non-resident and still have retirement accounts. It's still a factor in your residency status. Investment accounts, brokerage accounts, driver's license, Canadian passport, uh, which you wouldn't want to give up, and a, a health insurance in Canada, or if you're you know involved in any of the health, looking for any of the health insurance to continue on. Um, The other things would be they do look they do look at how the actual physical stay in Canada the, the 183 day of substantial presence presence rule but that by itself alone isn't enough it's just another it's another factor a strong factor but another factor and then they also look at your intent when you left you intend to come back um, they look 
the, uh, the object of what you're doing. You know, are you just leaving Canada for a few years? Is it temporary? Are you just doing it because you have a contract and you don't want to pay Can Canadians exorbitant tax rate of over 50%? Um, and just in general, continuity. So those are some of the things that CRA looks at. Um, but, uh, so if you're deemed a if you're deemed to be a factual resident, um, which we went over all of those ties, uh, other things that can you can get caught not expecting are things like like you could be temporary if you're teaching outside of Canada, uh, if you are vacationing outside of Canada for a long period, you have to watch it, even though you would think that a vacation is nothing, you could still be, you know, pulled in as a factual resident. If you're com commuting, you know, for business, that can still pull you in um, back and forth. We have a lot of uh, clients who are teaching, who are professors, and they can be teaching in two countries. And it, we have a heck of a time because both countries want to tax them. Um, and of course, they don't want to be taxed in Canada because the tax rate is higher here. Um, if you're attending school outside of the country, you can you can get an, an exemption. Um, the one thing, if you're a missionary, you can get you can get exempt from this. You're allowed to be a missionary if you meet certain requirements and not become a non-resident um, and not become uh, not be pulled in. Um, otherwise, uh, you can be. You can still be deemed a resident if you have no significant ties and you're here more than 183 days. There's a class called a deemed resident, which you can get pulled into. Uh, what we found, the pandemic has sort of changed everything. Um, we found that, uh, that whereas before, uh, the government seems to be pushing towards, um, try, obviously trying to keep people dependent in Canada, it's also taking them over a year sometimes to give you your result. So a lot of people are being left in limbo. They don't know where they're at because technically you can't go ahead and file till you get your residency status and they can take up to a year to come back to you. There is a form you're, you can fill out. It is optional. It's called the form NR73, Determination of Residency. I would highly recommend anybody filling that out that it's done, we usually work with a law firm as well as uh, ourselves because you want the solicitor-client privilege and you want to be able to basically tell the lawyer the, you know, the whole situation. If you tell it to us, we don't have solicitor-client privilege. So, you know, you want to be very careful how you handle that and anything like that, especially if you've got a situation where it really makes a difference what the date of your residency is. Like, for example... If you let's say you have a business that all of a sudden took off because of the an online business that took off because of the pandemic, if the valuation in two years is is way higher, you know, as the government may want to call you a resident later so that they can pick up the capital gain, and although and if you're not eligible for the exemption, um, you could you know you could it could really matter. So you have to be very careful. That's about. So if you want to sever, so the answer to come around to your question was, if you want to sever ties with Canada and you want it to stick, you have to look at everything, all your things that you wouldn't even consider, like, you know, people often store clothing. You, you, you would try and untick as many of these boxes as you can so that you would get the result. And um, if it's really matters, it's, I think you should 
we would recommend you fill out the NR73 and work, work, you work with a CA and a lawyer to get a CPA and a lawyer together so that the CPA can, you know, guide the lawyer, but you have solicitor client privilege with the lawyer. Would there be any, anything further to that question? No, thank you very much. That was super comprehensive. And it does remind me. Okay, sorry, I'm getting a little bit of a feedback. So I'm just going to. Okay, right. Yeah, and it, it reminds me of the, the center of life tests that we see in, uh, in Europe. And to, uh, I guess a large extent, the, the other Commonwealth countries like UK, Australia, New Zealand, and stuff like that. that. That's pretty good. Thank you very much for that. I think that covers all the bases. Please subscribe, like, share, and comment below. Our books and upcoming events are available at htj.txt. Email us at help at htj.txt to engage us to advise on international tax or business matters.